So the term refers to really attractive women, but they're men disguised as women. Welcome back to an episode of Trope Time. This is our third episode. Yay! I'm Nikki. And I'm Izzy. And today we have a guest, um, Samantha Ferreira. Hello. Hi. She is the editor-in-chief of Anime Herald. Nice to meet you. And today we are going to talk about the trope of traps. Um, which is highly problematic. Um, we will do a deep dive into um, some famous examples and um, continue on from there. Um, first, let's talk about what the term means. The term itself is really offensive. Um, and you find it more common, I think, mostly in like anime and video games. I don't really hear the term used in Western culture as much. I don't know if you guys have. Basically, it's just a fortune thing that kind of spread into our community. Um, so you can kind of figure where that, how positive that's going to be from the get-go. Yeah. Um, so the term refers to um, really attractive women, um, but they're men disguised as women, which the idea is just really problematic in itself. So I don't really think there's any redeeming factors to this. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's not good. No, it's not good uh. at all. Um, some examples from video games. I think earlier we were discussing um, Bridget from Guilty Gear. Um, I know she's been around for a while. Um, do, can you guys, or can you think of any? Print media, like anime or, or a yeah. manga? initially well doesn't yeah, from, have that where they have a bunch of like well if you look at the art sometimes it's very androgynous or mm. all the boys are really pretty have you mm. seen that meme where they have like a bunch of faces and it's like the most effeminate ones end up being boys yeah mm-hmm. i don't remember there was an anime a long time ago about this guy who they dressed him up as a girl and made him become a model and then another guy fell in love with him and I think it was a yaoi. It was probably a yaoi. I'm thinking about it. It's always yaoi. <laughs> but um, Sam, you were talking about something in the recent season because um, anime comes in seasons. If mm-hmm. if you notice, it comes in like fall, winter, summer, spring. No, I skipped a step there. Spring, summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but. There's always cycle of seasons and the newest season, um, you were mentioning that there is a new anime that's based on an older anime that's a reboot. Would you like to tell us about that? All right. There are actually two highly problematic titles that came out this season, actually. Uh, One was not licensed for the West, as far as I know, but one that we were discussing earlier was uh, uh, Late Night Genius Bakuban or Late Night Tensai Bakuban, which is a reboot of a... 1970s tale, kind of like Mr. Osamatsu, was actually done by the exact same creator. Um, the first episode was basically it. the series was trying to find its identity in a new world. So 
I mean, a lot's happened since the 70s and they were really playing around with the idea. So um, they, they started making some jokes and uh, the pop, the father, Papa Bakabon, hey, I got this. Nice. <laughs> uh, basically said that, uh, well, I'm the only one with the original voice actor still. We need to change that. So they kind of went through and they went through this cute little bit where they got various people to try out. So they got like Masako, uh, Masako Nozawa, who did like Doraemon and Goku. Then they did uh, Jun Fukuyama, who they went with. But it keeps escalating. Like then they go to a uh, plastic surgeon to change to get an update, and he gets this like really gorgeous man look from uh, Blackjack. Uh, but which that was cute up to that point. But then they decided to go a bit further, and uh, what happened was. Uh, it just said, we need to make drastic changes or something like that. And then scene cut. Then it cuts to a shot of uh, um, a female model of the character I was on before who looks pretty much like your typical Okama character, which is like that super gay cross-dressing stereotype. And you, um, sorry, I didn't interrupt. Can you yep. explain what an Okama is, which is also yep. kind of an offensive term? Oh, yeah. Okama is Japanese for faggot. Find the language, but it's that's exactly what it is. Um, basically, uh, it's a stereotype that's been built up over the years of just that almost like drag type of look with the heavy kicked on makeup, the big style, the overall flamboyance. Uh, it's basically like it's a highly, highly offensive term, to be honest, that has been basically applied to pretty much a lot of homosexual characters as a way of kind of marginalizing them and turn them into jokes. I mean, um, this is something that's been around for, God, decades at this point, which uh, I can think of countless from uh, Tokyo Godfathers to Superman at J to, and the list goes on and on and on. One so, piece too. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, what about I, Sailor Moon? Oh, yeah. Oh, you were explaining. You you were continuing your explanation earlier, though, right, Tim? Yeah. I the less I have to talk about Tensei Bakabon, the better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what we get from it is that it's highly offensive, oh, yeah. and they're trying to they're, they're perpetuating the stereotype. Of, uh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And it just keeps going through, and like they start misgendering on purpose, saying you're not a woman, and all that. And it just it's like it's it's just offensive. Yeah, so we were talking about Sailor Moon earlier before this podcast and where the Sailor Starlights um, would fall because it no one ever explains if they are um, if they they were assigned male and turning into women or vice versa or everybody just kind of accepts who they are, which is kind of nice. Hmm. Um, it's been a while since I've actually... Except in the American this. version, right? Didn't they do high amounts of editing to make it seem like... Actually, Sailor Starlets was never released in America. There you go. In fact, that last, and that's probably why. Um, they did high, a lot of editing to the original Sailor Moon because of... Was it Saturn? Pluto? Mm -hmm. Oh, Saturn. Anyways. It was uh, Neptune and Uranus, I believe. Good looking out. They were cousins. Yep, they were. Quote. They were cousins. But, sure. 
but some other famous um, tropes for the, the genre are um, Stein's Gate has mm. one, Ruka Urashibara, and there's actually, I'm looking at some screenshots right now, it's always followed by, but you're so cute, you couldn't mm. possibly be mm. a guy, implying that they're not actually women which they are mm. and it's very it's just so cringy and it's 2018 mm. and i thought we had come to a point where we didn't have to go through this anymore um i'm trying to think there's also um in uteno prince sama tsukimi Ringo, and if i guess i guess if you want to go back to western culture would you consider mrs doubtfire Mm, not so much. I'd probably say that's more just a, I'd say a straight up drag. Okay. The way they present it. Because it's purely performance? Right. And I feel like in Western culture, we have a tendency to make a joke out of, out of it. Like, hey, and I mm. feel like it's almost the same concept in Japan with, except we have a tendency to try to make them not passing in Western culture and then in, in Japanese culture, they're so passing that, um, does that make sense? Am I making sense? Ah, I'm not making sense. Um, I feel like both cultures make it a joke in their own way. Mm. That if that's. Yeah. And like their own, um, cause it's culturally based what the joke is going to be. Mm. Right. So maybe because there was a little bit more, standards um uh, what am i talking about the thing where like executives have the studios have the whole standards practices thank mm. you brain um maybe that that's doing a little bit more of that censoring where you don't have it as many visual representations especially in the 70s 80s and i would say through the 90s yeah and i feel like um <clears throat> japan even does the same thing Western culture does, like um, a performance, like you were saying. Um, I remember watching really a lot of late night shows and there was this mm. really famous, and they even called her Okama on mm. live on air. Um, I just want to know, like, why is that still acceptable? I mean, I know Japan's much more conservative uh, than us, but um, I feel uh, like... Uh, if I may kind of interject, um, Japan has its very these very real issues, especially regarding gender. Um, mm-hmm. They they still have a very hard time with uh, gay people, let alone uh, trans. I mean, uh, just last week, I believe it was, um, composer Koichi Sugiyama, the person who did the music for uh, Dragon Quest, hosted a TV show, and he had a uh, a politician on there who basically was. They spent a good five minutes mocking suicide deaths of LGBT people. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that's Ooh. on national TV. And, and so, that, I mean, there are very real fashion to have some huge issues with acceptance and kind of just even bringing any form of humanity into this equation, you know? Yeah. I just pulled up an article because I was curious. I- Probably should have looked this up sooner. Um, it says Japan forces sterilization. Yep. Uh, if uh, trans trans individuals must be sterile by uh, Japanese law, which is wow. yeah, it's they are 
it's barbaric. Oh my God. Um, no wonder like they treat it as a joke mm-hmm. because if it's serious, then then yeah. they would have to talk about all these horrible hate crimes. Mm-hmm. But right. And honestly, um, I'm going to bring up one other one, another case where they actually kind of like bring up this whole idea of trivializing a passing trans character in this case. Um, mm-hmm. Have you guys ever played the game Catherine? Yes. Um, you remember the uh, waitress? Yeah. They turned her into a pretty big joke at one point, which, yeah, just that was not good. I, they like outed her to people and it's just that's genuine portrayal in the media of a trans character for Japanese media. Yeah, so that's uh, I did not know that Japan. I mean, I knew that they were very um, conservative and not friendly towards especially um, uh, lesbians or mm-hmm. gay guys or anything. But it, it's so interesting to see, yet Yaoi is such a huge medium mm-hmm. and makes so much money in the doujin community as, as well as Yuri. So mm-hmm. it, it's, and even quote-unquote traps, you see them a lot in, in um in doujinshi and if you want to talk about futari that's like a i don't know how to describe that i'm not going to well i mean we're not kid friendly so it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like if you had to think about that at this point in our conversation i I think i blew us into mature territory when i defined okama (laughs) (laughs) and i mean let's just say that their porn is not does not reflect their legislation. Right. If that makes sense. So I just find it um, absolutely terrifying that their Mm. human rights are on par with some third world countries. Mm. Um, Considering that they're obviously a first world country and they're very much involved with, I mean, especially um, a lot of Americans in Western society look to Japan for certain things and, Mm. I, this is terrifying. Um, I know that they just recently made it gay marriage legal mm. in Shibuya, was it? Or is it Shinjuku? It was only in that tiny ward. And I think mm. the government doesn't even recognize it. So I know we've strayed a bit far off topic, but it's still relevant because mm. it, it ties back to why they think traps are okay because I feel like um, this legislation and this type level of thinking has made it in like, oh, well, it's just a joke, ha, 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 because you can, quote, unquote, choose. I feel like that's what they're saying. Mm. And so that choice is inherently a malicious ensnarement of cis men? Right. Yeah. And, and I have to say this as a trans girl. As someone, as a trans girl, I don't see this ever being a realistic idea at all because it it literally makes no sense at all. I mean, I've heard the argument, oh, this doesn't apply to transgender people, but I've heard the term trap used to describe transgender people. That's not strapped together, but I know. Uh, but I mean, just thinking about this whole idea where a person would go to the effort to look the part, to uh, go to the point of, Passing to an amazing degree, uh, matching mannerisms, 
and basically, by all intents and purposes, appearing to be a normal everyday woman in in everyday society, only to sit there and snare men. I mean, this makes no sense whatsoever to me at all. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to me either that someone would willingly choose to do that mm-hmm. and then be openly mocked constantly. Or exactly. put themselves in danger. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. Transgender people get killed for for just existing. I mean, that's it's a scary, scary world, you know? Yeah, so the the idea that you any sane individual would willingly do this as a ploy to purposely anger somebody else just boggles my mind. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just what about gender like non-binary people who mm. who are like right down the center? I mean, I could maybe see like oh, well they like to dress both ways but that's never the way that it's approached it's Mm -hmm. like oh like you said they're just dressing they're it feels like they're like oh they're gay guys but they want to ensnare men so they dress up like Mm -hmm. women and that still doesn't make sense to me yeah i mean once you hold this up to any form of scrutiny it just falls apart yeah it's just a joke that's what it is and and yet you can find Born of it, and I don't. To me, it tells me that there are people that uh, obviously feel it's okay enough to fantasize about it. But if it's in, but it's transphobia at the same is, time because you're not yeah. supposed. You're like being the punishment for that is being reaffirmed within all these examples. I'm, exactly, and honestly, there are. Lots and lots of non-op girls out there. I mean, so so just putting yeah. that idea out there, it's just it's it's definitely putting it's definitely harming people. Yeah, and it's it's even in. I was looking up some Western animation because I was trying to figure. Out, I was like, this got to be somewhere that we could find this. So in the Warner Brothers short where we've got Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny and Bugs Bunny is in a dress. Uh, Mm. Mm. It's what's opera doc is apparently the short. Mm -hmm. And Elmer Fudd falls in love for a girl who turns out to be Bugs Bunny in a dress and then kills Bugs Bunny when he finds out Mm. either that Bugs is a male or because Bugs rejected him in the moment that he revealed that he was not this girl. I've actually seen that in a lot of older cartoons. And that's super creepy. Mm. Yeah, it it definitely is. Um, If you want to think, I mean, going back to performance, not exactly. I feel like um, the Western version is performance. I mean, back in Mulan, if you remember, Mm. she dressed all the guys as women to sneak into the palace. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everybody had a laugh. Ah, ha, ha. But it's just um, reaffirming gender stereotypes yeah. that men can't dress that way. Mm. And yet it's okay for, um, let's say, you know, Rose of Versailles, right? Mm-hmm. With Oscar. It was totally, well, maybe they treated it better. And the, sto- the story was better where she was raised as a man and 
dressed like a man and wanted to, I, it, it seemed like she liked identifying as more masculine. Mm-hmm. And tomboys just seemed to always have it easier than men wanting to be feminine. Or just gender mm-hmm. non-conforming. I feel like we have a problem with just gender stereotypes like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Let me know if that rant made like any sense. <laughs> Well, and boys don't cry. Isn't she violently beaten up? Yes. Because, well, rather, he is violently mm-hmm. beaten up when it's mm-hmm. discovered that by, I guess, the boys, mm-hmm. that he's trans. And Hillary Swank yeah. gets, you know, an Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. Or at least a nomination. I don't know if she got the Oscar. I'll look it up. Well, I feel like depiction in Western um, media, we... Well, we all saw the debacle with um, oh, what's it? Scarlett Johansson recently. Mm-hmm. And what was the movie where she was supposed to be playing a trans guy? Um, yeah. And she was like, well, all these other peeps, you know, cisgender people played trans roles and they got, uh, you know, recognition. Right, because it's such a brave, and I'm using little air quotes here for brave, brave choice for the cisgendered actor or actress to put on this. Like Jared Leto got awards for being a trans woman on, was it Dallas something? Spires Club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least I feel like we're trying to treat it, but we're definitely not there. No, and really weirdly, because then you see the juxtaposition of showing up to the award shows and being hyper the gender you actually are. So when Jared Leto shows up for the award show to receive his reward, <clears throat> he's got like a full beard. And it's just like the complete visual opposite of what he had been portraying on screen. And I don't know if that was like a conscientious effort to like distance himself from quote unquote the role. You know what I mean? Like it, it just felt kind of like a backlash for me when I saw that personally. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I wonder if um, Seiyu that play these roles in anime, if they do the same or, I mean, it's complicated because I'm not in the Japanese animation industry. And I wonder who is writing these roles. It, it seems like the anime industry is mostly white guys anyway. Um, but I know sometimes women, definitely women can be problematic too. Um, I feel like there's a lot of internalized misogyny in the anime industry, (laughs) especially, uh, I don't know. Uh, what's your take on, on that, Sam? Um, personally, I think that there, this entire industry is, there is a lot of, as you noted, a lot of, uh, internalized misogyny and generally it's kind of ironic because some of our greatest talents in the industry, um, Mario Kata as a writer, Masaka Nozawa as an actor, um, Megumi Hayashibara as an actor, and some of the greatest, most recognizable names are prominent women. Rumiko Takahashi, who finally got a her entrance to the Eisner Hall of Fame this year, mm-hmm. um, and pioneered like uh, entire genres. I mean. So it's it's definitely a weird irony because then you go straight into things like, say, Golden Boy. Now, mind you, I love Golden Boy, but it's one of the most sexist shows out there. 
um, where it's like you can tell that a woman has never even looked at the script on this thing, you know? Mm. Yeah. Those are the worst. Yeah, um, because you know that that this is not how people act. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some other famous ones. I'm going um, Mitsu Soma in Fruits Basket, um, which it seems like there's a lot of older ones, but there's also a lot of new ones. Um, I just, I have you watched Gatchaman Clouds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Load Galax came to mind. Um, and in Dongan Rampa, Chihiro Fujisaki. Um, let's see. And, okay, I've never watched this because I know I've heard things. Boku no Pico. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard things. I don't know exactly what it is, except that it's absolutely terrible. Have, have you watched Boku no Pico? Unfortunately. Oh, would you like to enlighten us? Um, well, it's honestly, I'm trying to think what I say is that wouldn't be utterly offensive. But I mean, that's kind of the point, right? Like, that's why yeah. Yeah. you have to bring this up because it clearly is offensive. So if you wouldn't mind kind of just giving a, a preview for our v- listeners who may not have already been exposed to this so they know not to do it, yeah. you know? Avoid. Not not a problem. Um, it is described as the world's first Shotokan anime, which is Shotokan is the opposite of Lolicon, which is basically bringing sexualized young boys into the spotlight for Shotokan and young girls for Lolicon. Hmm. Basically, it's a romance story which features a, a young boy named Pico who enters into a relationship with somebody and somebody uh Sorry, I'm just trying to think what to say without being absolutely vile. <sighs> Let's see. It, it's just uh-huh. pedi- yeah. pedophilia, isn't it? It's pedophilia, exactly. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. You don't have to go more into it if All you right. want to. Yeah. All right, thank you. It is, yeah, it's something where I'm just trying to think of a way to say this that would, you know, not get this thing yanked off of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he dresses as a little girl. Right. And it ends up that uh, he passes as a girl and he ends up with an, I believe, if I remember correctly, I've seen this, like, I got sucked into watching this thing, actually. Like, I got sucked into watching this. And so, apologies. But he enters into a relationship and with someone that he calls oh, either, that's either younger or older, I can't remember off the top of my head, that calls him Onichan. And the relationship quickly turns sexual. They find out that he's a he. And yeah, that's like played up as the he proverbial twist to everything. Yeah. Hmm. It's that sounds horrible. It is. I, 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 if I never see that again in my life, I will be a very happy woman. When I think of Shodokan, I also think of on High School Host Club. Hmm. With um, Honey Senpai, who looks much younger, but is in high school. But they've also dressed him up as a girl a lot. Same thing with um, Sanrio Danchi. Um, there was a character that 
liked what was it? Because the whole show was about guys liking Sanrio characters, mm. which was nice because they're like, screw everybody. We know this is feminine, but we're going to like it anyway. So that message was cool. But this character, his mom dressed him up in girly stuff all the time. And he wanted to be super cool and masculine. So he pushed it away. And, um, but he ended up liking little twin stars still. And he pushed it away for so long and it took him a while to admit it. So, I mean, in a way it was nice because he eventually ended up liking that. But uh, it seems like a lot of parents forcing on young boys women's clothes Mm -hmm. and then they like flip around because they have to be hyper-masculine compensate the fact that they were dressed as girls as a, mm. which is just all sorts of wrong as well um it it, it yeah <laughs> there's, there's no no good way to kind of wrap that up there really isn't no yeah there's a lot of problems in, in um in japan with with gendered everything mm-hmm. <laughs> just like every and anything everything everything and i feel like um while america is getting better there's still a lot of transphobia i feel like yeah. um at least through it's appearing more in the subject is coming up more and it's becoming more accepted where I feel like it's still the butt of a joke in Japan. And I've actually known some trans people who refer to themselves as traps and like using that term. And I don't understand that. Um, I asked them, like, do you think it's transphobic? And they said, no, they think it describes them. But I thought the whole term in general um, is referring to uh, an individual entrapping men dressed as a woman. So I don't understand, mm-hmm. I guess, um, in regards to why they would think that. I don't know. Um, have you come? Have any of you come across anybody referring to themselves as traps? Um, I haven't. I haven't at all. I mean, I've always heard it being used in a derogatory term. I've never encountered someone who seemed to take ownership of it to try to take the power away from that term. But I mean, I was thinking about Western because I'm not as entrenched in the anime and manga as both of you, but I was just thinking like in the eighties, listening to music, like Aerosmith had dude looks like a lady. And the whole song is about entrapment and like the shock surprise that This is definitely a dude that is just dressed up to entice and entrap men. And I was like, that that was a hit song at some point. Like, I remember listening to that on the radio when I was a kid. And that's a mind bender because what the what? I feel like this is a fear of, of men. Mm-hmm. I feel like this all, all this comes from men being afraid of anything different that's where all this this comes from and i mean i even see a lot of men at cons being like oh i'm gonna cosplay a trap (laughs) get it because you know and i feel like um that's just highly offensive as well 
Um, I don't know, because on the one hand, um, I know a lot of, including myself, there's a lot of cross players, and we feel really comfortable, like, experimenting with gender and um, dressing up. But I feel like to be a white guy and then cosplay as a trap just for the purpose of joke, of being a joke, I feel like that's highly offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, going into cosplay in general, I feel like that's a whole nother can of worms in discussion um, because there's a lot of blurred lines there. But I mean, overall, I feel like we, um, at least in, even in Japan, I feel like um, when it comes to anime and manga, the lines are always blurred. But like, if you go outside of that into the real world, all of a sudden it has to be heteronormative cisgender, if that makes sense. Um, you guys have <laughs> so it's, it's so dicey. The whole thing is so dicey. And I feel like that's why it's important to discuss because it is so dicey and because trap is still a term used fairly often in the industry. Mm-hmm. It's used too much. I mean, going back just a few years ago, there was a game that came out on the uh, PS3 called Akiva's Trip, which yeah. is a very body game. You know, it's that, let's be honest, the name, the name implies what it is. It's a silly over-the-top game, but in the game, there is an internal thing like that Twitter called Pitter. And there are numerous occasions where they refer to one of the characters as a blank trap. So it mm. with some, you know, derogatory there. So it's definitely something that's entrenched in our culture still. I mean, highly entrenched. I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, the R word for a long time was still used and I still hear it occasionally used, but the younger generation um, has really pushed getting that out of our vocabulary. But I feel like I also hear them contradicting themselves by using the term trap a lot. So it's, and I feel like anytime I tell somebody, hey, that's transphobic, I get a lot of backlash. Like I've offended them somehow Mm -hmm. because they thought it was funny well, it's like calling someone a racist. Hmm. They, they're like, well, that wasn't my intention. And I'm like, I don't care about your intention. This is what it actually did and hmm. how, how it made people feel. So, yeah, I feel like we need to get rid of the term trap. But I feel like it's going to be an uphill because it's not our... It, we're consuming somebody else's culture. So until mm. it is fixed in within that culture, how do we fix it in our culture? Does that make sense? Well, I'll be honest. Uh, as long as 4chan exists, it's going to be a thing because it, I mean, it's the cesspool of the internet, let's be honest. And they're always going to find ways to work this into what they do just because it's offensive and they get their jollies off on it. Yeah. 4chan always is the leader in the offensive. But I mean, we've managed to um, fight them off against other things, other highly problematic content. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's still a cesspool. But I feel like we can at least minimize how many people use the term. Mm. Um, 
I mean, everybody who will probably stick use, with using the term probably uses the words like snowflake and even safe space, mm. which uh, the Crunchyroll this past Anime Expo actually held an entire panel about diversity in anime and manga and people flipped out. I don't know if you remember that, Sam. Yeah, I do. I actually went to that panel. It was very good. Do they talk uh, about anything like the term traps or anything mm-hmm. like that? Um, no, it was actually a very, it was a very good, very affirming panel where they just talked about how they came out, came to arrive at a good point where the eggshell cracked is the best way to put it, because where they just discovered themselves and they just shared stories. It was a great panel. Um, but um, a lot of people, I do remember seeing that backlash, and I remember just being confused because um, Anime Boston said that as a staple for like five years now. Yeah, and I feel like because I was talking to Izzy about this, the anime community, or at least fans, seem way more open to um, other sexual identities and gender identities than the overall comics world is. Because when I go to Comic-Con, it seems very (laughs) cis male-centered. But, we I mean, anime still has its Mm hyper-conservative male gaze, people who will always want the male gaze to be first and foremost. And since the content is coming from a country that is steeped in gender stereotypes and very strict gender roles, um, I feel like it's going to be a long way off before we get something more positive. Less problematic? Less problematic. That's the term I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, because I always feel, and I had a really long discussion with one of my friends about this, and I was just like, you know, I just want things to suck less. Because I feel that that prevents me, and I acknowledge things are less bad than they were, but they're not actually good. And the reason I take this stance, and maybe uh, both of you can chip in your opinions afterwards about Mm -hmm. how you feel, is because I think that when you think in terms of like, oh, we've made all this progress, it brings about this complacency. Like, oh, everything's good. We don't have to do anything else. Whereas if you're like, things are less bad, but could still get better and there's still room to grow um, and learn from mistakes. Because I think when you know more, you you do better things with that knowledge. You know, there's a lot of growth that can happen. You know, we're constantly learning things about um, and deprogramming ourselves from problematic narratives that we were told as children, either through media or organized religions or what have you. So I think like if we can continue, like Nikki was saying, to move towards a place where these clearly offensive terms are no longer normalized at the very least, and then completely discontinued, that would be less sucky than we are now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting um, because as a follower of K-pop, you have the opposite thing happening in Korea, which is um, a lot of men are wearing makeup and it's becoming way more acceptable for men to take care of themselves, to dress well to wear makeup and groom themselves and do skincare routines. And um, they're making, although, I mean, I don't live in Korea, so I don't know how, how everyday life is. 
So I suppose it's unfair of me to assume that these things are accepted in day-to-day life. But the media that they are consuming shows men in a more feminine and less um, stereotypical role. So I feel like maybe they're coming out of their shell a bit more than Japan. I don't know. This is just what I can see as an outsider, though. But, I mean, I guess if you want to go into Japanese media that blurs gender roles, is it Visual K kind of does that? Um, But I feel like that's, again, more performative. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't live there full time, so I'm not sure what the levels of acceptance are in day to day. I did used to live in Okinawa, and I can say that um, it was funny. My friend came to visit me, and he asked me why all the women dress like it's 1950s. And then I realized, oh, skirts are long skirts. So it really seems like a lot of women wear skirts way more over there than they do over here. But let's move on to how we can see this be improved but at the same time I don't think it can ever be improved and I can't think of any good examples of this trope at all I think we just need to throw it all out yeah that would suck less if we just didn't have it yeah Mm -hmm. I feel like what we need is true representation and just throw the term out the window yeah one of the shows that I've started seeing I haven't finished watching all of it that's on FX right now is Pose. And I'm really into it right now. It's executive produced by Ryan Murphy, but it's written by two trans women. And one of them is Janet Mock. And I forget who the second one is, but it's representing a very particular time and place. It's New York in the 80s and it's the ballroom scene. And I really enjoy it because all of the main characters that you're following are either trans women or queer men. And you also have this like cross section. One of the main things that kind of struck me was the layered and intersectional forms of discrimination. So one of the subplots is that you have um, a Hispanic slash African-American trans woman who's trying to go in to have a drink with a Caucasian trans woman into a Caucasian gay bar and they won't serve her and her friend drinks because quote unquote, their kind is not welcome there. Mm. And they call the cops on them and it becomes this whole thing and she gets thrown out and she keeps like, she's trying to take a stand and her whole thing is like, she wants to make a better world for the people who come after her by fighting these stereotypes. Um, but it was really interesting to see because one of the, her friend who's like, why are we here? They're not going to serve us. You already know what the rules are. Why are you even trying to start anything? And she's like, you have to realize that at the very bottom of the ladder is us. Everybody else is above trans individual because we get layered every other kind of um, systemic discrimination Plus within our own community, we have it as well. So I thought that was really interesting that they're bringing that to light. And I'm not sure that that's really, quote unquote, fixing the trap trope, but I think it is presenting to a public a trans perspective in a non-gimmicky way that can bring about 
compassion and empathy. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess we would have to do an episode and I would love to have Sam back, you know, if she, if she gets a chance to, to watch it, to kind of talk about it, to get her perspective as well about how that whole presentation and narrative is distinct. I think it, I found it very refreshing. I've never seen anything like that. I'm also not a trans woman, but the fact that it's written by two trans women kind of gave me a little bit more of a, what is the word I'm looking for? Authenticity, I guess. In that I feel like that at the very least, it may not be every trans woman's experience, but at least it's coming from the point of it one or rather two trans women. And the actors and actresses are trans as well. The ones that are trans in the show are trans in real life. I, I feel like the m- most positive, and ho- you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> uh, would example would maybe be Fushigi Yuki. Uh, Sam and I were talking about this earlier. Um, she, you know, people find out and then they don't care. And then she mm-hmm. just continues being herself, which is, and she actually ends up having a crush on Miyaka and Miyaka feels actually pretty like she doesn't freak out. I mean, she freaks out in a way that, oh my God, you like me because uh, I'm a girl and I'm a teenage girl and somebody likes me, but not in, in any other sort of way, which was kind of nice, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I can't recall there ever being another positive way because it, the way that it, they're portrayed in anime is mostly they have a crush on a guy, the guy finds out, and then the guy freaks out anytime that person touches them again. And mm. so I feel like we just need to throw it all out. Throw it all out and um, have true representation. We need some something for the trans community that Yuri and I did for the gay community. We really do. And actually, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but there's a manga by a trans woman named who goes by the pen name Chi called. Oh, the bride. The bride was a boy. Yeah. Which was, it's a really fantastic story that it's a great representation of uh, trans women finding uh, true love in Japan. I had read that there was a bunch of controversy based on the title Mm -hmm. um, and the publisher defended it because it was a direct translation. And that is the way that that person um, describes themselves, but I know in America, um, to imply that you were once a boy and you switched to being mm-hmm. female is highly problematic. So I know there was some outrage based on the title in the States. Mm, it's, it's a controversial thing for sure, because, uh, some people like to, people are openly acknowledging that they, were assigned male at birth, others aren't, and it does create that kind of friction in, in, among people, you know? Which I can understand. I mean, I'll be honest, dysphoria is awful, 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 awful. And anything that can make that kind of just be lessened or even just hidden, even if you're just kind of just saying you're a rebirth, new life, taking on a, you know, just refusing to acknowledge a pet, that past is, yeah. That's important. Would you say that there's a divide in the community on how that should be 
what the wording should be or description or is it just a personal journey? Um, I really can't say for sure. Um, I've only been out since March myself and, uh, I'm one of those people where I'll readily admit that I was assigned male at birth and I will talk about those times because it's who I am, but I know some people that wouldn't go that far. Okay. So I think we don't have much else to discuss. I think we let it all out in a kind of like, we, we had a lot of, um, we covered a wide spectrum of media and went down a lot of different rabbit holes. And yes. while we didn't exactly focus specifically on traps, I feel like we touched a lot of important points that influence the way that the culture, how traps become about, if that makes sense. Um, so I would like to thank Sam for being here. Um, once again, she's the editor-in-chief at Anime Herald. Go check them out. Um, do you have any social media accounts you'd like to um, direct people to? Um, if you want to look me up on online, you can find me at uh, Sam underscore Anime Herald on Twitter. And I don't use Facebook, so we'll keep it that. Yeah. <laughs> and Anime Herald has its own social media account. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, just at Anime Herald. Yes, she works super hard on the site. I have witnessed this in person, and she's amazing. Um, and check out Nerd On and all of their social media, as well as their written content on the website and our mother podcast. So thanks again for listening in and listening to us rage, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and have a great night, everybody. Bye.